This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Laura Lee Smith. She's a real estate agent in the Bryan College Station, Texas and surrounding areas. And if you're in the market to buy or sell a home in that area, please call or text Laura Lee and have a conversation with her. We did and we chose Laura Lee and she got us in the house that we wanted at the price we wanted and made the process so enjoyable. So call or text her at 979-218-2315. That's 979-218-2315. If you are looking for some coffee, head over to 95adventures.com and check out the cool custom coffee blends that we have in stock over there on the website. If you want to support the podcast, then go to your listening platform, like, rate, and review it. Also, take a screenshot of the episode, repost it on your social media, tag the guest, tag us. Even if you don't, just know that we really appreciate it and it means so much to us when you do that. Okay, on to this episode with Red Bull Crushed Iced Athlete, or now Ice Cross as they call it, and Cirque du Soleil performer Dean Moriarty. It was a really fun conversation about extreme sports, the process, his background. Just, I just had a blast. I really loved it. We even get interrupted by his crew, and he's in the middle of touring Europe right now, so they're having a blast and a great time. So, uh, Anyway, without any further delay, enjoy this awesome conversation with Dean Moriarty. There we go, Dean. Here we go. Here we go. Thanks for being on, man. This is, re- this is really cool. Um, I'm actually like... I'm actually like I t- telling you a little bit before, like a little all of all the the I guess it, what is it called now? Uh, the cro- what is it called? The the crashed well, ice thing. Now it's called ice cross downhill. It's like they tried to make it a sport. So yeah, so they can kind of like relate it to the ski cross and the snowboard cross. Now it's called ice cross downhill, and it's ran by this organization called ATSX, and that's like the organization that runs pretty much everything so they run like all the all the the descriptions and and that so it's more like a formal thing and that um they become like a sport but um before it was just red bull crash dice and it was like more of like an event and more of like uh kind of like a one-off like you do the event everyone's happy they they make their like publicity and we have fun and now it's more of a sport gotcha gotcha and you took like a little bit of break from it huh yeah, so I was doing it for three years, and then um, I was doing really well in my last season. The last season, I um, I took uh, I actually took home my first big win in St. Paul. So I, I won in St. Paul, Minnesota, which is like a huge race, like one hundred and twenty thousand people at the race live, like almost bigger than this, like bigger than the Super Bowl, pretty much, like about live audience. Holy cow, there's that many people like watching? Yeah, live. Like live at the race, there was 120,000 spectators at the race. Was it like crazy loud? Were they all like, yelling and cheering? And... Yeah, it was nuts. It was like mayhem, really mayhem. Really big mayhem. So um, at the race, there's so, yeah, 120,000 spectators live. And then on TV, it was like on Fox Sports 1, like all like the huge sports channels. And it would, it would play for like weeks on weeks. Um, after the fact, so we got a lot of a lot of publicity for that. Um, but so I won, I won in St. Paul, and then I won in I know I came second in Ottawa, the pre the, like the, the next race, and then um, this opportunity came up with Cirque du Soleil to do um, ice ramps, and these ice ramps were like pretty crazy and like a different thing. So we uh, we were just originally going to test them, um, and then we actually ended up getting a job with Cirque du Soleil in a show doing ice ramps. So then I kind of took a break from Crash Dice for two years. Um, but it was like a well well done break, I guess. Is that Cirque du Soleil, so is that thing, the when I see you doing those little like, you're doing like Missy flips and different types of flips over the little, like the gaps and stuff, kind of like a, a mega ramp sort of deal? Uh, I wouldn't say it's like level of mega ramp. The only thing that's really sketchy about our ramps is that they have no middle, which for like a lot of people, like they they need like a like a, like a box jump would have a middle. So if you were to short it, you just land on top, land the flat like on the flat, and you're fine. Us if we land on like in the middle, like we're we're like real badly hurt, you know. Like, <laughs> so like we either land really deep or we land pretty perfect every time. So we got to be like very consistent. Um, but um, 
No, I would compare it to the next game's Mega Ramp. I've done the Mini Mega, and it's it's pretty gnarly. But um, it's just it, gnarly when you put all the things in effect. Like we have like natural ice on the ground, so they make the ice. Our ramps are synthetic. We're on ice skates, and we're doing like a mixture of like what I did before, like ripple crash slides, and a mix between like pro rollerblading. In the sense that we do like tricks like Misty backflip, front flip, uh, 720, 540, 360, you know, like all those chips in a seven-minute act, essentially. That's pretty. It's so cool, and I, I, I'm like looking at it, going, it's kind of intense that you do that on ice skates because I just picked up playing all my rollerblading that I did when I was younger. I never did any hockey. I grew up in yeah. South Texas, like it was hot. There was no ice skating rink around, um, but I always loved hockey. Watching it on TV. And then I moved away. Like I'm almost, I'm almost forty. I'll be forty, and I just played my first two seasons of yeah. actual hockey, which awesome. is a so, blast, man. Yeah, so much fun. But then I'm thinking about like doing the actual rollerblading tricks on ice. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I was just, I was actually like just talking to a rollerblader about like that specific thing because our guy Marty only started ice skating three years ago when we started like he did like half a season of crash ice or a full season of crash ice and then he started but like when he started crash ice he couldn't turn left like he had a, he had like a, a like a binary in his like head like saying like nope i can't turn left so like he was stuck not turning left and there was like left turns on the crash ice track he would just like go into the boards rest of restart kind of so so weird but um then he like he was young so he picked up quick and everything was fine but uh, now nah, skating is different. Transitioning from rollerblading, they kind of give like the the outward push instead of like the real big push into the ice. So it takes some adjusting. So like that's what was awesome having two people from different worlds. So me and my brother were from crash ice and hockey, and they were from really rollerblading background and tricks. So um, and and one guy did like really street, and one guy did like more park. So it was like we got everything in there. So we taught like them how to skate. They taught us how to spin, how to flip, and we kind of like made this like superhuman act, you know, that like a mix of these guys and the ice. So, where does it so, like? Cool. So, uh, I guess explain a little bit because I'm still like not even familiar, like the size of the what you're dealing with, like the size of what you're going down, the gap you're jumping across, and how yeah. far the landing is afterwards, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, um, so like in, in crash ice we got up to like, like the speeds were really insane. Like we would get up to like 50 miles an hour, like at the most. So we, I think one guy went 52 was the most, which is like absurd. Like on skates, you get speed wobbles at like probably like 30 miles an hour. So like going 50 was just really insane. And I couldn't, we really couldn't deal with it. So it was really crazy. And the jumps were a lot bigger in in crash ice. I would say like you have like a, you know, 20, 30 foot, box jump and it would be fine because you were going so fast but in in our in our search sleigh act we jump pretty much from flat ice like we skate into the jumps at uh and they'll be like 10 feet distance so like the gap is 10 feet the ramps are like another three feet so you you don't have a big margin of error like i said like you you literally can't short the jump because you would land in the middle and and you know either toe pick or hit your shins um, and you can't overshoot the jump because I learned that I broke my ankle like six months ago. I like was going in way too fast. I overshot the jump, backflip, and I landed to a flat. So I pretty much gapped. And you're probably like 15, 20 feet, like 15 feet in the air. So yeah, landing the flat isn't good. So you kind of got to be like on all the time and know your speeds and land on this like little margin of error. And then we also have this net jump, which is like it's pretty much a spine. Um, but it's separated like about uh, 10 feet as well. So it's kind of like you have to take it at a, a, a high speed and it's either you take the full ramp and you go really high and have that like apex to get in the quarter or you kind of like pre-jump it and go a little lower but then you have to put down your feet pretty fast. <laughs> so it's like kind of like, and no one really wants to do it. Like every rollerblader that's come seen our show or any crazy guy kind of who would be able to do it, we're like, no, we're not doing that. And it's... Yeah, no, because it's it, it's crazy. Like you yeah. just said, a ten foot ten foot separation on a spine. It's the same exact kind of angles on it. 
Yes, it doesn't make sense. Like it's like it, it should have never worked. Like we we saw it at the start and we're like this is not going to work. But then we did it into mats and we kind of got the where you need to kick. But like I said, another margin of error that's pretty small. Like where you need to leave the ramp. It's not like really at the end, but it's not at the beginning. So it's like when you're going in that fast, it's kind of like jump now, jump now, jump now, and you. Once you do it so many times, then you get it. But you're always like, if you don't, you you know you're coming up short, so you have to either like rip your rip your skates right to your knees and like really suck up to like make the jump, or you have to like open up like you're landing like a gymnast and like land straight because you need to get your feet down because you're overshooting the jump. So it, it's like uh, yeah, big small margin of error there to make that jump. Very small margin of error. What in the world got you into all of this? Man, I don't know. I was like a like a kind of like a monkey as a kid. I would say, like I have a twin brother. Uh, yeah, so that that helped like with the competitiveness growing up. We like competing with each other, so that's how you get better. You just work with someone who's just as competitive as you and just as like on the same kind of path, I guess. And that's how you get better. Like I could do backflip here. Okay, I could do backflip there. Yeah, I could do this here. And it's just like you kind of one up each other until like. You either hit something really well or you just get injured. But <laughs> all the injuries, you know, in our life, and we just kept going. And that's when also, like, you meet new people, and then they're just as good in another area, and then you have to compete with them. If you, I, I always believed in, like, if you work with people way better than you, then you get to their level. If you work with people less than you, which kind of sucks to say, because if you work with people below you, then, I mean, you're going to stoop kind of to their level, which kind of, like, sucks. And that you always want to be progressing yourself. So if you can get better together, then you, you can do that, you know? And that would be the... Well, I guess it, it doesn't really suck to say that because at the same time, it, the only way you're going to get better is by either seeing or being around. And really, in your mind, it t- lets you know that it's possible. Like, especially in what you do, it's like you need to see it happen and see the way they do it, visualize it, and you're like, oh, it's possible. I can do that. I know how to do that. Exactly. You know? Like we we've had sessions where you're like five guys who really everyone's given it, and then you have you end up having the best session where like one guy landed three tricks that he's never done before, and one guy landed this trick that's uh, world's first, and then one guy landed this trick that's this, and then you do a session with me and one friend, and then you're really like not in the mood, so then the session goes nowhere, and you really end up doing nothing. <laughs> And you're just really doing tricks that you've done before, staying comfortable, still having fun, obviously, but it's really going nowhere. And you just like, you know it, and he knows it. And you're both looking at each other like, okay, we're not doing this today. It's not one of those days where we're going to do some new stuff, which is pretty fun. But uh, yeah, it happens all the time. It happens all the time where you get stuck on tricks or you, you know, you, you, you have those days. Well, it's, uh, I mean, and I can share a little story like being that little, like the guy who doesn't know very much. And like being the Grom, if you want to say, uh, may, a lot of people may not know what that is. So it's like somebody who's terrible, a kook, somebody who's just starting yeah. out, like they don't know all the tricks or whatever. And that's intimidating when you're around somebody who's really, really good. Like when you're around a group of guys, whether it be pros or whatever, you're around them, like you're, in, you're kind of intimidated. And as if you want to get better though, you just kind of have to follow them around and go with them. And the X Games that I did, I was I, I was all stoked because it's coming down to the valley. This is before YouTube, before anything. Like we had to order all of our stuff over the internet and wait for it. To, I mean, over the phone, wait for it to come in. Like pick the video through magazines, all that good stuff. So we only knew the tricks that we saw on those videotapes, right? Gotcha. And then we get to the X Games, and here's Arlo and Champion and uh, Maddie Mance, and I mean, you name it, they're all there. And I'm standing on the ramp with all these guys I see in the video, and I'm like awestruck. And then I see him do tricks, and I'm like, I don't even know what that was. What did he just do? Like, there's no, I shouldn't even be up here right now, you know? And then, like, so, but I did it. I did it. I had a blast. I met him. I went street skating with several of them. Eric Shrine, Matty Mance, uh, took him around. And we, as soon as that, like, that was done, it accelerated like 300%. I started doing all the same tricks they were doing in no time. And, oh, yeah. like, just your level gets better the further sure. you go. Like, the more you're around it, the more you immerse yourself, even though you may not be good and you may be embarrassed, 
those guys, that's how they learned. Like, you know. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And like you're saying with the video thing, like, I, I watch so much film. Like, learning off visual for me is really a big thing. So, like, watching YouTube videos, you can learn off so many people. Like, nowadays, like, man, the 15-year-olds, 14-year-olds are, are, like, absolutely insane at every extreme sport. Just because, like, I think they beat off, like, social media and you see so much stuff out there and you just it's like a big competition in the world you know it's like it's that's what you have but you have it online and it's like such a good visual and you do it you see it then you do it and you land and you're like oh my god it's like it's it's really it gets that easy at some points where you land tricks right away and you're like i was never capable of this and then you do it and you're like oh wow yeah i got this possible to me in my mind but now it is but did you ever have like that that little thing tugging at like that embarrassment or that tugging at you factor of, to just like step up like when you were learning how to do stuff or did you just oh man I want to go do that and just jump right in with them? I mean, for me, I, I kind of had like uh, in crash lights, I kind of got in and uh, I did like I was pretty comfortable on the track right away. Like I, I didn't feel like I had that little like like a learning curve too hard, so I, I felt like I was good on the track and then. Um, they kind of saw that and kind of like accepted it and kind of took me under their wing. And it was like a big, like big brother sport kind of. So like I, I went like under these like bigger guys, like, like you said, you know, you saw these guys doing like this crazy runs and crazy fast. And I kind of like looked up to them and I kind of was like, I can do this. So like at a young age, I was like just turning 18. I was the youngest in the sport at one point And I like was like, yeah, I can get there quick so then i learned off them i talked to them they were good friends of mine even good friends till today and um yeah that's exactly how i got better is you you stick with the, the good guys and feed off feed off their energy feed off what they're doing and that's how you get good quick if you if you stay behind and try to do your own thing like it was it was crazy i remember like the mentality of people was like i'm just gonna get down the track alive kind of crazy. <laughs> Well, you're going 50 no, miles an hour. Get, the, get down alive, you know? And then our mentality in the top 10 was, how do I get faster, you know? How do I get down this track any faster than I already am? Uh, and falling wasn't even in your head. People would be like, I need to stay on my skates because it was just hard to do that. But our mentality was never falling. Like, you never had that in your head. And if you didn't have that in your head, then you wouldn't fall. It was such a, like, a, a psych-out kind of thing. Like, the ice quality wasn't even good, you know? It was chewed up ice. You can fall in a heartbeat, but if you weren't thinking fall, you were thinking go faster, do, you know, take the right line, do this, then you were in that mentality and you didn't fall. And I think it was a huge gap at the start. There was, like, a big scale gap with that, that aspect. Like, people always falling and then people not falling and really excelling in the sport. So, like, between the top five, there was like a huge, huge gap, and then there'd be the rest of the group. There would only be five guys in the sport winning, and then, then it became ten, and now it's like fifteen, and now it's, you know, it's still around fifteen, twenty. It's not that many, you know. Like in some sports, the huge gap of anyone can win, kind of thing. I mean, you still see it, like Nigel Houston skateboarding, and like the, you know, Sean White back in the day, or like <laughs> you knew these people were gonna win. And it's always kind of been like that, I guess, in sport, you know, learning curve. But you said something. You said something really awesome, and it's something that I've carried with me with my stuff. But like, it's super. It's crazy how it works, and it bleeds over into like your everyday life. Is like that level of doubt. Like you can't doubt if you start thinking about the negative about missing or this or that, then you're gonna miss. Like that just happens. It in this in this sort of thing, like what you do as a profession, if you think that way, you're going to fall. Like your head has to be clear, positive and thinking about the, all the positive stuff. And then it, it happens. It happens that way. And you get in that zone. Like, but people can use that in everyday life. Like I notice myself thinking like that all the time. It does, like I always think about the successful part. I never think about the struggle in between. Like this is going to hurt or the miss or whether it be with my job or whatever I'm doing, it doesn't matter. I always think about Oh, it's gonna be awesome. Oh yeah. You know? But how important it like it's so important because in yours you fall, you're gonna get you're gonna get, you're gonna smash yourself, you're gonna break your ankle, you're gonna get hurt bad. Oh yeah. 
No, for sure. If you don't think about it, it's the second you really go off the track of your mind that you stop thinking about stuff and like not be kind of like on all the time and you get too comfortable, that's when you obviously hurt yourself. So like for us, it's like at the end of our leg, so we'll have like a 12-week 12 12-week 12 leg. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. We're the X Boys. So our group in Cirque du Soleil is called the X Boys. He's a pro rollerblader. He was a rollerblader back in the day. What's his name? Aaron. Aaron? Yeah, Aaron. Aaron. Kevin, nice to meet you, brother. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah, thanks for doing that with my brother over there. So my boys. So we're we're actually in London right now. We're um. We're, I'm in the UK, so it's like 12 p.m. my time right now. Um, we're doing, uh, we just were on uh, Dancing on Ice. It was like a U- big UK TV show, like uh, Dancing on Ice. And uh, yeah, we did like one of our, like we ran like a, a part of our act as like a promotion video for them. Um, and it went really well. And we, we really killed it. Um, but then uh, we start a UK tour now. So we next week we'll be in Sheffield. We do um, seven weeks, every week different city in the UK. So we really hit like uh, where do we go? We do uh, Sheffield, Aberdeen, Belfast. Glasgow, Belfast, Nottingham, Manchester, like you name it. So we're kind of all around the UK. So that'll be fun with the with these guys. Can you get a special feature in the podcast? Or what? You actually not, you mentioned this is Hunter Grimm. Uh, what's his name? Aaron. Aaron. Oh, cool. Aaron. Yeah. Yes. Do you have uh, this unique, normal, need to question uh, today? Like uh, a question like how, not just how we get in Cirque du Soleil, but why you get in Cirque du Soleil? Oh, absolutely. That's exactly what I want to know. Oh, shit. Uh, but, But you... You write it down before? Or oh no, this is all in my head. So, <laughs> so, I just created a question for you. So now we are a business partner or what? <laughs> a business partner. <laughs> a business partner or what? Hey, and like questioning. Aaron, why would you want to do a podcast with a scumbag? Yeah, for a podcast. We have something now, eh? Good friends I have here. Yeah. Uh, mate, do, do your thing. I'm going to go uh, to uh, knock my friends out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, hey, take care. See you soon. Sorry, sorry. Good. That's hilarious. Those <laughs> guys. We travel with uh, five, five guys, and we do um, a four-man act. So we kind of like have a rotation. Which is nice, um, but uh, we have like our show is crazy right now. It's like, so it's it's Cirque du Soleil, so it's kind of like it's a it's a circus show, but we're not circus artists, so we kind of like got a special act in it where we kind of made our own act, and uh, yeah, we do one of one of the, the, the I would say almost the best act in the show. It's really intense. I mean, you, you you've seen it a little bit, um, but um, there's still all the circus acts like you would think, you know, like straps. Uh, we have a chair balancer. We have a whole bunch of like crazy acrobats that do amazing things. These guys are flying off poles, landing on like a fire mat, people catching them. This is just like, it never really gets old for us. Like watching it, like I've been watching for two and a half years and I'm still like in awe sometimes. Are they, are all those, like, so the Cirque du Soleil people, are they on ice too? Or are you just the only one on ice? No, so everyone's, everyone's on ice. So we have like a lot of figure skaters and pair skaters in our show. And then we have the acrobats. But the acrobats use these like crampons so they can like actually like, walk on ice with, with shoes. Um, the the straps act is actually like a mix between a guy on shoes and a girl on skates. So they do like a straps act together, mixing like skating and acrobats in the same sh- same kind of act, which is like the first time ever done. There's a girl who does trapeze on uh, with ice skates on. She like transitions from the ice to the trapeze. It's like just never been done before and like yeah we we did it that's man that Cirque du Soleil stuff like is trippy because I always think like the core how much you have to work out practice like the strength that it takes to do all that stuff and the coordination it's intense like kind of 
it's kind of the same in yours too, though. I don't know. Do you do any sort of like workout routine, or do you just do your sport? Uh, no, for sure you got to work out. I mean, if you want to be the best, you got to keep training. Like I was, me and like three guys have like a motto. Like we either like when we're training, we put it in our phone, like as our background. Like put the guy and be like, what what is this guy doing now? You know, because like you know he's in the gym, so like you better be in the gym. Um. Nah, you got to be in the gym. I, I, I have a personal, I do a personal trainer because like, I'm like, not, I, I would say I'm not driven. I would, I, you know, I, I got to do what I got to do, but I just do the trainer. So like, I, I, he's going to be there. I know I have to be there. I can't let him down kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in the gym usually before a competition. I'd probably be in the, in the gym, like to get into like pretty top shape. I'd probably need like three, four months doing like doing five days a week do you is it something that you really enjoy doing you do on your off time too or is it because i mean when you're in a sport like that and a lot of people you know that like it's just the sport you go out and you roll around or you go skate yeah i mean the thing i was doing was i'm getting you know you get you get paid to train at that point you know yeah that's what it is pretty much like my personal trainer they they, someone will cover my sponsors will cover so like i i yeah, they, they pay me to train, so I'll do it. You know, it's like a job, and essentially for me anyways. That's how I think of it as, because for me, training, it's like, I, I, I love doing activities, like physical sports is my thing, so I'd rather go out and play a sport, or like play tennis, or go to play basketball, or like, you know, do something sport, and that's how I get my workouts, rather than be in the gym and, and really put in like a huge work in the gym but you need it like it hits like so many different little muscles that you need to work on and like cardio and so so many things that you can do in the gym that you can't do outside so yeah three 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 months i I get in pretty top shape well that's so how long did you you play organized hockey as a kid i played yeah i played semi-pro hockey okay so you went all so Uh, you're that far up into hockey that is yeah, like I did a junior junior AAA, um, but I was 16, um, 16, 17, and uh, I left after 17 because um, I I felt like I was and I I got this opportunity with Crash Nice to go race and I was like, let me go try it and see. I really love like going fast and I'm good at skating and that was one of my top points. You know, in hockey I was fast and. <laughs> You know, I, I didn't have the size at all, but I was I was skilled and I was fast, so that's what got me really high in hockey. But um, towards like making the NHL, it wasn't an option. So like, I could have went maybe Europe or could have went somewhere to play semi pro hockey or pro hockey. But I got this opportunity to crash ice, so then I took it and it worked out. So then I left I left hockey, which kind of like was I was so sad for like a couple like two years. I was like couldn't get over it. Yeah, I mean. Hockey. Well, just a little bit that I played, and then I had a friend that, like, he's he's pretty decent. Like, he was a pretty good hockey player. He played for the university here, and um, as a youth, he played all – like, he was super good. And just watching that guy work out and pour his, like, heart into stuff and then playing hockey, you realize why there is no fat hockey players at a high level because it's so exhausting. It is, like I, – I would be – I'm already, like, more of a thinner guy anyway – but I would be like a skeleton when I came home, after especially oh, yeah. after a doubleheader. But it's crazy how hockey is such a different cardio. Like you can be like the best, you can run a marathon and be like the best like cardio guy, and then you get on ice and you do one forty-five second shift, and you're <laughs> you're you're so dead. You're absolutely dead. I could be in the best shape of my life, like like running wise or that, but I haven't skated for two weeks, and that's that's it. Like you can't. You need to just play hockey six times a week to get your cardio up there's no other way to do it like there's no cardio you can do in the world to improve skating cardio it's, it's so weird it's red line it's just red line as soon as you hit that it's red line just there is no break you don't get to jog you don't get to take a a moment you gotta go hard as hard as you can and then you're off and hard as you can then you're off exactly i mean we also we train that and we do interval training like do 45 second 50 second workouts do quick like to get that what we need for hockey and it still doesn't like it still doesn't work as good as they would like you know like it's really a hockey thing you just need to be on the ice yeah and doing your thing do you think that helped you with the crashed ice deal like playing so much hockey at such a high level 
Yeah, I think I think like everyone asks that question too at Crash Ice. Like when I get interviewed, they're like, "What's like the perfect Crash Ice athlete? Like, what's the mix combo?" But I think like it's like hundred percent. You got to be from a hockey background. Like the first, like there's some skiers and that that are really good, but you can still see they're not that great at their edge work. So I think like hockey first, do that edge work, and like you don't even have to be like a great skater. Because, like, there's some bigger guys that, like, really excel on the longer downhill tracks because they have some weight to them. Like, if you're 200 pounds going down a hill, you're going to go faster than me. You know, I'm 130, I know, 150, <laughs> but, you know, I fluctuate. I'm pretty, like, weird with my weight. It's, like, 140, 150, 160 down to, like, 140, I 150. It's, like, um, so, like, I'm pretty light. So, I, I, have, to, I have to move my legs. And that's, like, one of the benefits. I have small little strides, so I can, like, stride in a lot of places where people can't. And that's what, like, excels me in some of the more technical courses. But the, the ones that are long, I, I, I really struggle with people skating, like, gliding faster than me. I imagine you like the turns, too. Yeah, I love the turns. I love the jumps. Like, the tricky jumps where, like, you need, like, some, some air awareness because that's, like, another mix. Like, I'd rather be hockey background first but then you also need like some skiing to aerial background, and like I did like trampoline. I have a trampoline in my backyard as a kid. I did trampoline. I did this. I did skiing. I did hockey, and I was like excelled at kind of those three things. And that's what makes like a you know a good. That's what I would say makes. And roller, rollerblading was huge for me too. I, I did rollerblading all through all growing up, and I, I could do backflips on rollerblades. I could do like. You know, grinds on rollerblades. I could do uh, like a lot of things on rollerblades. So it was like that was huge. Like pump tracks when they came out, that was like I kind of I don't want to even say I started it because I want to be that guy. But <laughs> I started I started training in rollerblades. I would say first for crash guys. When I got in the sport, that's how I trained, and I was like, it's so similar. Like we do like I would do like uh, bike jumps, like get bigger jumps, like than rollerblade jumps. So I do like the bike line. And do it in rollerblades and like get like that was like, my training and do pump tracks and do that and that's how I train for it. And I'm like that's the best training. Like skiing is good, but you can only ski in the winter and our season's in the winter, so you can't really <laughs> you can't really get skiing training in really unless you go to like Switzerland or like fly somewhere where you can get some ski during the summer. But um, so like yeah, rollerblades was huge and the on ice training was huge, just doing turns and edge work. But um, now rollerblading is huge, and now you'll see everyone who's in the top. 10 is, is role playing all, all summer. It's kind of crazy to listen to like you were semi-pro hockey player and then you, you like got an opportunity and you took it and it's led into a sport that didn't even exist. Like it's just kind of like made, you yeah. know, like it wasn't big and, and it's getting bigger. Like I'm seeing it all over. Like, you know, you see commercials for it or whatever, but you just like have moved it's shifted. Like you said, you were a little sad that you went, you know, you had to leave hockey, yeah. but now it's where are you, you're in the UK just like on no, tour with out. a bunch of dudes hanging out. Nah, it worked out for sure. Like I've been really fortunate for sure in my life to, to have like an opportunity like this and keep it going in, in, a, in, a, in a straight line upwards towards like an, an essential goal of being like what I'm doing now kind of. Um, but you know, you're always going up, you're always looking for things to do. And, um, but uh, hockey was, was, like, my dream, you know? Like, if I wasn't – if I didn't take that crash ice, I would probably be playing hockey in Europe somewhere, you know, and, and have a different story. But then this worked, and then I did this. And then and then I took the crash ice, the, the Cirque du Soleil thing, and then it worked. And, uh, yeah, you never know what's, like, opportunities just keep arising um, when you keep on excelling, you know? You keep on doing your best, and, and uh, yeah, things will come up. I always believe that, that things will come up if you keep working at – you know what you're doing presently and making it better and everything just works out i guess well well i mean that it's it's kind of like for you it seems like when you talk about it you say it it's just like second nature but it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about mentally you can't think about the bad you have to think you know you have to think about the positive focus on what you're doing and take the chance like just go you just do it and that sort of attitude when that bleeds over into your professional life you're like Hey, I want to be a hockey player. Oh wait, Crash Ties is here. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Oh wait, Cirque du Soleil? Right on. Let's try that out. Yeah. So I mean, Crash Ties was a thing. I, I made a decision to do 
to, to lay. It was more of a job. So like, people live like I know acrobats and circus lay artists, like and and I mean, not circus lay artists, but circus artists in general. They live like um, contract to contract, and they take like two week contracts, uh, two day contracts. They take one month contract. They take six month contracts, but they they always have work and they live like that. You know, they live working month to month, day to day, week to week, which me, I was like, man, if I don't know my source of income, it's kind of scary for me. I don't know about you, but, but I was like, man, I, I, we, we don't have many ice opportunities to, you know, make money like you do. Like you can do a handstand everywhere. It works out everywhere. You can do a handstand, whatever. I can't jump ice ramps wherever. Let me tell you, it gets pretty hard to jump ice ramps in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, so. We took a, a year contract with Cirque, so they were signing year contracts, so it made a difference with like, you know, income steadiness, and, and you have a great job, and they treat you so well, and you travel the world, so I, I really took the opportunity, and I was like, Crash Lace um, was in a place where they were transitioning from, um, like I said, an event where they were paying you money, and you were getting you know, a nice prize money, but they were paying your hotel, they were paying your flight, you, you, you weren't having any expenses because they wanted to put on an event, so they would bring you to that event. And then after, when they became a sport, they stopped paying your hotel, they stopped paying your flight, they stopped paying this, and they're like, hey, get sponsors. So it became a job for me, essentially, to like, I didn't hire an agent my first year or two years, so I was like, kind of my own agent. But it's hard to promote yourself being like, I want $5,000, $10,000 for a patch on my jersey for, you know, this reason, you're gonna be on TV, you're gonna do this, year promoting yourself it's kind of hard and I didn't end up getting like a good amount of money sponsors I did end up doing well for myself and it was it was it was fine it worked out good but it was just a hassle and it was hard and then like now me being here I went to go do a race in Japan um two weeks ago for crash Lice, and I was like I can't tell any sponsors like hey I'm going for one race and uh you know <laughs> promote myself for one race I have no chance to win the world championship but I'm gonna go kind of have fun can you give me money to do this you know like it doesn't make any sense so it's hard if you're, if you're in the sport you want to be all in and you've got to try to make a living but the majority of people to be honest are really paying to do the sport and having a good time so i would say the top five percent maybe even three percent are making good money and then the, the rest of people are really having fun and like either breaking even or you know paying a little kind of so it kind of sucks but um if the sport goes in a, in, a, in a better direction, like I'm saying, like they opened up uh, for Monster to come in and, and do like a kind of like a, a battle, kind of make a team, make a Monster team, make a Red Bull team, make a Ferrari team, make a, a Rolex team and, and race, you know, as, as a team and, and, and have like a, or even by country, you know, there's something along those lines would be, it'd be really cool, I think. Dude, the monster idea, that would make it just like Supercross on ice. Yeah, no, but that's where, like, uh, they, they let monster into, like, a lot of the sports. Like, you know, like Ripple Rampage, like, if, if the biker has a, a, a monster sponsor, they let him go on Ripple Rampage, you know? It's like, not like, Red Bull is out of the sport. They're not even calling it Red Bull Crash Ice anymore. They're calling it Ice Cross Downhill. So Red Bull is a, a little sponsor, but they should have, they should be open to doing it. It's a better idea. It's a better yeah, idea yeah, to have it because, I mean, that's what makes mo- – I love watching Supercross. never rode a dirt – like, I rode a dirt oh, bike. I love it, yeah. It's awesome. No, yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's – until you, like – if you ever – have you rode, rode a dirt bike? Yeah. And how hard it is to ride a dirt bike? Yep. Yep. It, it isn't just, like, clutching up and down. Like, <laughs> I'm like, they jump so far. Like, I've seen it live once, and I'm like, it doesn't make sense. When you see them fly it, like – they on the throttle, they fly so far, you're like, it doesn't make sense. Nope, like and they, they go from gear to gear. They go from gear to gear. They're floating around like they're so, it's crazy with oh the shape. Oh my God, it's like such a scale. That's like, in, it's like, it blows my mind. That, that, yeah, that's crazy, crazy. Yeah, I've also crashed a dirt bike because uh, I, I, I'm not that great at driving one, but I think that I maybe want to try some cool stuff that I see, and then I end yeah. up like, sliding on the road or crashing in the dirt real hard and um, yeah you know what it was for me that's what it was I've, I've kind of like been came, came close to crashing i've like fallen off but not it wasn't crash wasn't too hard but i think it's like 
even like for me like downhill mountain biking dirt bike all those like sports that like i don't really do but i do them um i think it's like you're you're good until you fall like <laughs> you have the confidence and like you get so good you excel so fast until you fall for the first time and like really fall and and then it's like wow you can actually hurt yourself in this never mind i don't want to do this anymore like this is, it becomes like it becomes like your worst nightmare you're like oh i was doing so well i had no falls it's so easy nope it's not Let's so you, go over you, the bars. you don't you downhill mountain bike too yeah i i did um a couple of years like in switzerland when i was training for crash ice um this guy uh derek wedge he was also like a we called him the Rasta Rocket. He was like a, a Rasta from Switzerland, and he raced because he was a skier, professional skier, and he ice skated as a kid, played hockey, and um, yeah, he was like really he was world champion one year. I think it was like 2013, world champion, and he um, uh, he invited us all the time to his house to do like we called it an extreme camp. So we would do. Like a, a week or two in Switzerland, and we would do like a couple days downhill mountain biking, a couple days skiing in the Alps, and then a couple days like wakeboarding and wake surfing. Uh, and that was our like training. And then we'd hit like every skate park next to Switzerland or France or around there for like two weeks. So that's what we would do for two weeks. We called it an extreme camp, and it was like the best time ever. And you would so you would excel like. Um, yeah, like four of the best ten riders were were at this thing. Yeah, that that stuff is insane. Yeah. It's bonkers. Like the first, I always tell, like I always tell a story. Like I used to BMX dirt jump a little, and I'm like, man, those guys are just guys who can't like do this BMX stuff. They're not as cool doing the flips. Then I did it once in Colorado, like, and just on a small level, but downhill, and I went. I'm lucky to be alive. I didn't have a helmet on, and I'm flying, and I had to hit like spots, or I was just going to be dead. And I'm oh, going, yeah. you have to go for it, or you just don't. Dude, it's it. And then from then on, I was like, no, those guys are way crazier than I ever thought I was. Yeah, there's no half passing, passing downhill mountain. My hands were like locked like a crab because I was on the brakes. <laughs> I was on the brakes so much, like. We were going down hills. We we're like, you have to brake nonstop. Like, you do not get off the brakes. People don't understand that. Like, you don't let your bike just go, else it goes way too fast. Like, you have to be on your brakes, like nonstop. <laughs> Insane. How people don't understand that. My hands were like locked like this for like three days. Like, just like it was crap. Couldn't move my hand. I was like, this is insane. I've never seen. It. I've never. I didn't leave the brakes for longer than ten seconds. That's nuts. Ten seconds is actually huge. Never mind. Like five seconds. <laughs> it's hard to believe that you can see guys going that fast. Like next time everybody hears this, watch the video of a guy going doing downhill mountain biking and then realize what he just said. That's yeah. how fast they're going while holding the brakes. And, and 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 if you watch like the World Cup of mountain biking, like they not only like let off the let off the brake like the whole run, they're pedaling. <laughs> like, more speed you know like as i was talking before like with the crash ice the mentality of these guys we like excelled in crash ice because we had that mentality was off the brakes skate and and gain more speed and take quicker lines and do this and take this jump this way and not like people would like there would be like a roller section and people would roll it and i'd be like no if you can speed before and you jump all of them it's faster or this way like and we just like really like we would train together in the top 10 and like everyone would get better so fast and we like broke apart from the group. And these guys, like I said, are just off the brakes completely taking like crazy lines. If you see like in mountain biking, like a lot of the lines are like similar, like they all take the same kind of route down the hill because that's like the route, optimal route for like not like dying pretty much. <laughs> but then you'll see like the top three or four guys like take a crazy route over these like jagged rocks and they'll be like, two seconds ahead but in racing it's like two seconds is absurd how far you are ahead of these people and yeah they just like save this so much time and pedal and they're like what are you pedaling for you're already going fast enough like it's like this really crazy to watch them excel like that but it's the same it's so it's the same thing in like hockey too where if you wanted to be good like if you really wanted to excel at this like it's your dream 
you have to go play a faster game. You have to go oh, play yeah. like you have to go play with those people and learn exactly what they're doing. Oh, for sure. If you put if you put a a, a, a bad skater, or a bad person with good guys, and he's playing two two three times a week, like you said, you do. You literally get so much better. If you were to play like if I was to go now and play with some of my, you know, in like a garage league pickup. I mean, I haven't played in a while, but if I was at the caliber I was at, then I would just, you just stoop down to the level. You start not, not being able to, skip, like, cause, I mean, you slow up for people, you wait up, you wait for people, you, you know, you just, you, yeah, you just get down to their level and then you become worse. So like you said, yeah, if you're playing with better people, you're getting like so much better. Yeah. I mean, it really does make a difference. And so like getting over, like for people that, have trouble with that, like getting over that fear of wanting to just jump in there with all these, like you're the one outlier. You're the one that can't skate that fast. You're the one that, I mean, I don't care what it is. Maybe you like, you're the only guy that doesn't know this thing at work and everybody else knows it. You have to jump in that group and learn it. Yeah. There's no shame in not knowing like, or not, you know, you're getting into it. Everyone was there. Everyone's been there. You know, even if it was for a little bit, everyone's been to that spot. It's like I started like surfing a lot, and oh, uh, awesome. we went like on a couple surf trips. And I was like in the water with pretty good surfers. Like we were with like we were on a trip, and we were like Shane Dory, and he's like a pro big Holy- wave surfer. And we were with him and his little kid. Like he has a kid, thirteen years old, uh, Jackson Dorian, pro surfer, like already pro at thirteen, sponsored by Billabong. He was like kicking her ass in the water like absolutely insane and like you go out with these guys and you get better surfing with them but like it's so intimidating like i'm so you know i'm like i'm a good surfer to my friends but i'm not a good surfer in the <laughs> surf world but like i'm never going there so like like i do it for fun and they know that and i'm an athlete so like we we, we you know you do everything like if you're an athlete i feel like you can pick up darts you can pick up bowling you can pick up pool and you we all do pretty good at it because we're at but um surfing is like another another thing in itself it's so crazy and it's so hard and it's so rewarding when you get a good wave um so uh yeah that, that was crazy so i think like you said if you are nervous that was the one time i was like nervous going in an atmosphere where i'm like i don't want to even catch a wave like because i i just don't want to embarrass myself or like there's like a big priority in the water where it's like if you cut a guy off, it's, you're in trouble, you know, kind of thing. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And that's so, scary if you cut one of those dudes off. Like, I can't even imagine you cut like Shane Dorian off. Yeah, I couldn't either. That's <laughs> that's insane that you were in. Like, this whole process has led you to surf. Like, you got to surf with Shane Dorian. Oh yeah, no, we booked a surf trip and. He happened to be at this surf, surf spot. Um, it was Punta Caneo Resorts. It was like a crazy surf location. Like you get your like a guide for the week that shows you all the crazy surf spots. He packs you lunch. We have like uh, it was like really insane for like yeah a week of surfing. And then he just happens to be there, and so you're surfing yeah. there and meet Shane Dorian. He just happened to be, he just happened to be there with his um, his son. Um, I think his brother-in-law and like three other kids, like three other, like they call them groms. They're like, like little surf kids that like rip it up. Like four of them, like just insane surfers at 13 years old. I think they're like 13, 14, like just like insane doing airs. Like it was like, what the hell is happening in the world? That's what I mean about when I talked about like 13, 14, 15, and extreme sports being insane. Cause they just watch so many videos and they have the access to the to the water, or they have the access to the ice, they have access to that. You see hockey players like insane right now at that age, or like any sport right now. Scooter kids, man. Scooter, BMX, uh, rollerblade, they're all like 13, 14, 15 doing double flares, double backflips. Double backflips have been, been like easy in the last two years. It's become easy to do a double backflip on anything. Yep. It's pretty insane. I got this did a quad cork in in the what in the snowboarding. I think it was in the, it was like the U.S. Open or something. It just happened. Where was it? Burden, Burden U.S. Open, a quad cork. I was like, how do you 
You can see after you just <laughs> it's, I mean, it's I mean, nuts. You are. It's all white. Like, no. <laughs> That's like that. Uh, I forgot who the documentary is on. The kid who hit his head, who was trying, like, he was there with Sean White. Oh, man, I, why do, I always have these brain farts where I lose the name of what I'm trying to think. The Snowboarder. It's a documentary on Netflix. Um, was it, was it, it was a French kid? Was it, was it, um... No, I don't think he was a French kid. He, he was, and it was right as snowboarding's going to the Olympics, and he's trying this trick, and he falls and hits his head, and he's in, like, he loses, like... I remember this. I remember the story, because yeah. I remember that, like, people said, like, there were stories about, like, Sean White would have lost to this kid. Yeah. So, yeah. this guy, that happens to him, right? And this is a hard trick, like, Sean White's falling on it. Everybody's, nobody can do it. Now they're doing it all over the place. Like, it's like a warm-up run. Dude, I love it. It's like taking me back to like when I was younger. This is like the best, man. It's the best time. Traveling the world with all your buddies, and um, we actually like are staying at our buddy's apartment um, in the UK because he was on. He was on our show and he transferred to another show, and there just happened to be in the UK. And this guy's a part of like t- tourists and travel, so he deals with all the rooms. So he has an a, a apartment with spare beds. I was like, this is perfect. Dude, it's so much fun. Like that's yeah. one thing that's like, uh, and I mean, I don't miss anything. That's like one of those experiences that I'm glad I had is to be able to do like stuff similar to that and just yeah. enjoy like. It's a one. It's a such a cool thing to do, like, and that's why I say, you pers- like you pursued this stuff in your life and just kept going and kept taking all these different avenues to where you're doing yeah. something like this for work. Like people are paying you, like you're getting paid to go do this, and that that right there is what that that's what life's all about. No, for sure. I always tell people like that's the best thing to do. Is I mean, like I said, I got like you're right. I took the paths and it, it turned out to be like a great path that I took and it happened you know I've been very fortunate and kept working hard and I got here um but really just like yeah just so I can't I, like so fortunate really um what I'm doing now is like beyond a dream like I tell people all the time like what we do isn't really work like it's we do like sometimes we do a lot of shows in a week and it's a hard week but like the majority of the time, we're having fun at trainings. We're doing shows like we're always having fun. New city every week. You know, you're with your best friends, and uh, yeah, sometimes it's definitely not not work. It's definitely we're having fun. I mean, if you took if you took this as a kid, like, and you take it to like, I don't know how your parents were, but like, you you take it to your parents and go, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go and not play hockey for a living, but I'm just gonna go and jump around on my ice skates. And I'm going to make money doing it and travel the world, okay? <laughs> I told my dad when I got when I got offered the contract for Cirque du Soleil, we used to go watch shows as a kid, like Cirque du Soleil come to Montreal like, all the time because that's where it was based out of. So we would go watch shows all the time. And, like, that's how, like, I guess I got my, like, Dad, I want a trampoline, you know? Dad, I, I want this, you know? Um, so we would, like, have a trampoline, and me and my brother would, the monkeys on the trampoline jumping out of like our second balcony to the trampoline doing crazy you know flips and stuff and we would watch her so but we never we were gonna pursue like gymnastics and they took us to the gym and we didn't like like the structure of it and stuff so we never really pursued it and we were already doing hockey we were already doing soccer we were already doing this many sports tennis like we had so many sports where at a certain age obviously you have to cut down you can't do every sport especially if you want to go to a high level so we kind of like cut this sport, cut this sport. As we got older, cut. Okay, cut this sport. Okay, you can't do this anymore. And then it was hockey at the end, you know. And it was like, yeah, you got to do one sport seven days a week, and that's all you're gonna do. Um, but no, I, I can't. I don't regret it, obviously. But um, no, it, it worked out in the end, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of insane. That, like it's just insane. Like if you set it out, like if I know, I know how it would be because of the how much fun like I lived and breathed rollerblading action sports in general like when I rode my my bike I 
I was living and breathing and I needed something like that. Like I loved it. I just wanted to be out there doing it. That's all I wanted to do. It's all I thought about. Um, and then, so like that sort of feeling is in there. I know my, I remember my dad several times saying, there's no way you can ever make money off of doing this thing. Like this is just a thing, you know, and not, not to his fault at all. Like he would just say that like, Hey, there's no way you can make money. But now I look at some of my friends that have gone on and not may maybe rollerblading for money, but the same thing you're doing is like where it just, it led to an avenue that let them do what they really like to do for work. No, there's a lot of people that like, I mean, money isn't everything in life there's no way like I, I don't believe in that at all you know money is fortunate to have and it, it, it works out that it's it's nice to have and, and you can do like it gives you like liberty to do what you want you know you don't have to, one less thing to worry about in life kind of thing for me anyways I don't need to have a, a substantial amount of money to do what I love you know if I can say like I'm doing what I love and then it's good and no problems no headaches we're good to go um, but now you're right there's, like I said, there's some people doing crash tests and they love to do it and they pay to do it. So they have like their job as a fireman. They take the two weeks off or three weeks off. They bank their hours to do what they love to do. And, um, and some people pay to do it. But also there's the people who are like us. We were trying to make money and try to either make a career out of it because we loved it so much and we were good at it. So like let's try to make a career out of it if we could do the most, get the most sponsorship money, get the most prize money we could get. And then... They're, like you said, rollerblading, huge sport, huge sport, and the money's just not there, you know? Like, we have pros that are here. Like, I like, I think we have two pros right here now. Like, Kevin was a pro on, in rollerblade, like, on the company Rollerblade Pro. Got his own pro uh, wheel, his own pro skated thing, and, like, he literally... He made good money, but not, like, anywhere, like, good money, what I mean, like, not anywhere great money like it was money to, to live his life travel and do what he did and then like some people would make less money and make not as much and not have their own pro stuff but still live that same life i mean they went on tours like 12 people in a van go shoot in this country like city by city in the, in the u.s and no one's really making money and it's just like you're living you're living life yeah and they're super happy and they're happy. No, I'm I'm a happy living life. Like it's super sick opportunity, and like the money's a bonus, and the 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 how they treat us is like a huge bonus. But other than that, like you're really living. We're living life, traveling, and eating good, and having parties, having fun. <laughs> you know, everything. It's working, so it's, it's been good. Awesome, man. Well, let everybody know where they can find out like any of the information on the stuff you have going on, like websites, social media stuff, whatever you want to plug, plug it, yeah, let so, them know where they can find um, it. You know, I, it's crazy. Like, I, I, I'm trying to get more into a bigger social media thing. I, I, I'm on Instagram. I'm DeanM21. I, you know, I post a lot of good stories about like traveling and stuff like that whenever I can. Um, yeah, I post my my you know, photos and like stuff like try to keep it up to date as possible. But um yeah, you can check us out. So like if you want to follow the show Crystal, it's like you can go on Cirque du Soleil and you can get like a um uh, our call our show is called Crystal. So Cirque du Soleil and on Crystal and um the yeah the dates will be all there. And uh, if you come out to a show don't be afraid to message me um and tell me you're coming and we could do a backstage tour or anything like that. That that's always an option for sure. Um, and then, um, yeah, for Crash Chase, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it um, the rest of this year. I was going to do one more race in Russia, but I don't think I'm doing that um, because of work and because of other logistics stuff. Um, but uh, I hope to do it, like, the next year and try to try to get back into sport because I really missed it. I raced, like, I went on the track in Japan, and I really, really missed the speed, really missed the, the adversity because don't, we don't have that in insert you know we're doing a show for the public and we're all working together rather than competing so um I, yeah i re- really miss that fight um in the races but um yeah I, I i mean i i came back i qualified fourth in time trials um out of like 200 people in japan and and i came ended up coming ninth in the race um but now it was a good good weekend and uh saw all my friends and um yeah, they did better than I was kind of expecting coming back after two years off. 
um, not competing because that that's really a huge thing. Is like the fight. Like I said, like you can you know not play hockey for a while and then you go to garage and you're not really have that fight to, to win anymore but if you then you start playing a little competitive and then you get that fight to win and no one's ever I hated the people who were like oh it's just a game no it's not just a game <laughs> we're, we're gonna win like if you're not on the same page as me then you're not on my team <laughs> I love that right there that's the way I am with everything I love competition like, so there's no just a game like me and my brother like we I, we've heard people say that like oh I'm not trying yes you were fucking we're trying. I just need to. Like, yes, you were. We're always trying. Like, so don't give me that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it's awesome. But, uh, nah, it was awesome. It was awesome to have, have, uh, have me on the podcast. Oh, man. Thank you so much. This is a blast for me, for sure. I really appreciate it, man. And best yeah. of luck to everything that you have going on. For sure, man. Keep in touch. And uh, whenever, like... I, I can give you my schedule. I'm in the states. I'm in. I'm in the like Europe. I'm in, I'm kind of everywhere. I have breaks, so if any time we can get to meet up and uh, come see a show or do something like that, for sure, it would be great. It would be awesome, man. If you're, if you're in Texas, you're over here. You come through. I'll definitely be paying attention. Neil Hunter Grimm's in Texas, so I'm sure I'll, I'll probably meet up with him there. My actually, my cousin lives in, in Austin, so we'll, we'll for sure make a trip down somewhere to figure it out. Sweet man, sweet. Well, thanks for doing this, man. Hey, nice talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Thank you to Dean for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Had a great time. Um, As always, go like, rate, and review this on your listening platform. Repost it on your social media. And until the next episode, see ya.